Thank you very much indeed. That is out of the question. Why? said the old man. Because it is quite out of the question, thank you. Y- you see, we don't like to take... began Lucy. Her cousin again repressed her. But why? he persisted. Women like looking at a view. Men don't. And he thumped with his fists on the table and turned to his son, saying, George, persuade them. It's obvious they should have the rooms, said the son. His voice was perplexed and sorrowful. Lucy, too, was perplexed, but she saw that they were in for what is known as quite a scene. Now the old man attacked Miss Bartlett almost violently. Why should she not change? What possible objection had she? They would clear out in half an hour. Miss Bartlett, though skilled in the delicacies of conversation, was powerless in the presence of brutality. It was impossible to snub anyone so gross. Her face reddened with displeasure. Eat your dinner, dear, she said to Lucy, and began to toy again with the meat that she had once censured. This pensione is a failure. Tomorrow we will make a change. Hardly had she announced this decision when she reversed it. The curtains at the end of the room parted and revealed a clergyman, stout but attractive, who hurried forward to take his place at the table, cheerfully apologising for his lateness. Lucy at once rose to her feet, exclaiming, "'Oh! Oh, why, it's Mr. Beebe! Oh, how perfectly lovely! Oh, Charlotte, we must stop now, however bad the rooms are!' Miss Bartlett said, with more restraint, "'How do you do, Mr. Beebe? "'I expect that you've forgotten us, Miss Bartlett and Miss Honeychurch, "'who were at Tunbridge Wells when you helped the Vicar of St. Peter's "'that very cold Easter.' "'The clergyman did not remember the ladies quite as clearly as they remembered him, "'but he came forward pleasantly enough "'and accepted the chair into which he was beckoned by Lucy. "'I'm so glad to see you,' said the girl, who was in a state of spiritual starvation and would have been glad to see the waiter if her cousin had permitted it. Just fancy how small the world is. Summer Street, too, makes it so specially funny. Uh, M- Miss Honeychurch lives in the parish of Summer Street, said Miss Bartlett, filling up the gap. And she happened to tell me in the course of conversation that you've just accepted the living. Quite right, said the clergyman. I move into the rectory at Summer Street next June. Oh, how glad I am. The name of our house is Windy Corner. Mr. B. bowed. There is mother and me generally, and my brother, though it's not often we get him to... the, The church is rather far off, I mean. Lucy, dearest, let Mr. B. eat his dinner. I am eating it, thank you, and enjoying it. He preferred to talk to Lucy whose playing he remembered, rather than to Miss Bartlett, who probably remembered his sermons. He asked the girl whether she knew Florence well, and was informed that she'd never been there before. It is delightful to advise a newcomer, and he was first in the field. Don't neglect the country round, his advice concluded. The first fine afternoon, drive up to Fiesole, and round by Settignano, or or something of that sort. No! cried a voice from the top of the table. Mr. Beebe, you are wrong. The first fine afternoon, your ladies must go to Prato. That lady looks so clever, whispered Miss Bartlett to her cousin. We are in luck. 
and indeed a perfect torrent of information burst on them. People told them what to see, when to see it, how much the place would grow upon them. The Pensione Bertolini had decided, almost enthusiastically, that they would do. Whichever way they looked, kind ladies smiled and shouted at them. And above all rose the voice of the clever lady, crying, Prato! They must go to Prato! That place is too sweetly squalid for words. I love it. I revel in shaking off the trammels of respectability, as you know. The young man named George glanced at the clever lady, and then returned moodily to his plate. Obviously, he and his father did not do. Lucy, in the midst of her success, found time to wish they did, and when she rose to go, she turned back and gave the two outsiders a nervous little bow. The father did not see it. The son acknowledged it, not by another bow, but by...